Hello, welcome to the Crypto with Cash podcast, episode number 17. Uh, my name is Duncan Morland. I am your host. You don't need to know anything about me because I am very boring. But I'm joined by our resident crypto expert, Kashaya Bassi. Hello, Cash. Hey, you're right. How are you doing? I'm okay. I'm as you can see. I'm I'm chilling out in my uh, luxury villa on a coast somewhere, and I see you've got a new a new room. Yeah, I've moved into this new room. It's very realistic and funky um, place. Right. Yeah, I like the cushions. Yeah, thank you. They're very comfortable. Um, as yeah, the the budget has gone up, so we've invested in green screens <laughs> and gone all out. And uh, yeah. <laughs> As opposed to us just finding this feature now. <laughs> yeah, on the web. We could, have been, we could have been hiding the boring walls behind us this entire time, but um, it's taken us 17 episodes to find, find this function. <laughs> um, so how are you doing? You okay? You're back in England after spending a few weeks in Thailand. How does yeah, that feel? Yeah, I'm back now. It was great. Um, I had a lot of fun. I went scuba diving, tried loads of different foods. I went island hopping. Um, but the weather at one point, it just got unbearable. I got sunburned on the way to the beach, so I had to turn back before I even got there. Um, but no, it was really good. Uh, I would definitely recommend it to anyone. Yeah. Getting sunburned on the way to the beach is uh, impressive. Yeah. And, now, and I guess now you've got English weather to contend to, although apparently a heat wave is incoming. Yeah, it's not It's not been that bad, actually. Usually when you come back from a holiday, you know, the, the gloomy weather hits you straight away. Yeah, but the weather since I've been back hasn't been as bad as I thought it would, and as you said, there there could be a heat wave soon. So looking forward yeah. to that. Fingers crossed. Yeah, because I was just sat on the beach reading a book for a bit, and I had two hoodies and a jacket on, and I was I was I was warm. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, on today's talking list, the stuff we're going to cover, um, we're going to have we're going to talk about Solana and a recent the Solana blockchain and a recent outage that they've had, uh, which is something that's happened before. Um, we can talk about sort of the ins and outs of that. And then we're going to uh, we've had a question from Beck chat Beck. Uh, she says she still doesn't understand what stable coins are. Can we help her? So we could talk about that. And I think that conversation might involve talking about um interest rates inflation because uh, everybody's using stable coins to generate some yield um where there is none in traditional finance so yeah. let's start with solana cash what is what's happened first of all what is solana and what is happening yeah so solana is essentially a high throughput blockchain that offers faster and cheaper transactions than other blockchains out there such as ethereum uh so it's Many of the things you can do on Ethereum, you can do on Solana for a lot cheaper and faster. You can send transactions within split seconds to anyone across the globe using Solana. Whereas with Ethereum, you'd be, you know, uh, charged around $30, $40. Sometimes mm. the fee even skyrockets to $300 to even just make a transaction. While on Solana, it's much cheaper. And now with the introduction of NFTs, um, you know, over the past few months, it's it's got to a point where the network has been inundated with transactions. So there's NFT launches every single day happening on Solana. And in a, in a sense, Solana seems to be suffering from its own success because mm -hmm. it, the network is so popular now that it's, you know, the, the network cannot handle the number of transactions which are happening at the moment. Um, and as we saw the other day, it was actually 
it had it had an outage and it, the blockchain essentially was, was suspended for a couple of hours and now since then you know everything's back to normal but in, in a sense it is suffering from its own success it's just very popular right now is it when with all these transactions do you know if the the cost of fees is going up on the network and is it getting it, slower or, or is it just crashing it, i would say it was it was crashing the uh the network fees are going up slightly but it's mm. still a negligible amount and um what is essentially happening is a lot of people are trying to because there's there's so much demand for these nfts a lot of people have set up bots to try and um, essentially get access to those nfts so that they can sell them mm. or flip them for profit but there's just so many i think um i was reading the article is just here actually it says there was four million transactions per second for wow. for an extended period of time um and yeah these are all a lot of these are just bots trying to get access to those valuable nfts and trying to flip them for a profit are these new F NFTs or is this because like Solana's NFT eco ecosystem is just starting out and people are trying to sort of replicate what happened on Ethereum and trying to get in and, you know, like get in with those early profits or something? Um, it's a mixture of both. There are some really popular existing NFT projects out there. Um, we are seeing a lot of trading volume coming in, but uh, Ethereum has a booming ecosystem now and there's maybe tens, if not hundreds of NFTs being launched on the network. And because it's so cheap um, to actually launch an NFT project, the, the barrier to entry is a lot lower than it would be for Ethereum. Oh, on, on Solana, it's much on, cheaper. On Solana, yes. is, yeah. So there are tens, if not hundreds, of NFT launches happening every single day on Solana. And I'm guessing a mix of legitimate ones and ones that are just sort of all the scammy kind of cash cow Star Wars. Oh, of course, of course. As with any technology, there's always going to be bad actors trying to yeah. take advantage. Uh, you know, NFTs... I would, um, you know, if you've never been involved with NFTs, I would say go on OpenSea because now NFT, you know, Solana NFTs have been integrated into OpenSea, which is the world's number one NFT marketplace. Um, you can buy NFTs for 20p, 30p, just to, you know, get used to how it works. Um, and then maybe if you see a piece of artwork that you like, then maybe you can fork out some more money. But um, yeah, I think NFTs are here to stay um and they've been doing very well despite you know the overall market downturn yeah you 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 mentioned in a previous podcast uh some of the different nfts that you like there was a game science fiction game one that i uh yeah, had looked parallels is similar to Yu-Gi-Oh or pokemon and you can use yeah. your phone or vr goggles to actually see the uh oh that's the cool monsters or the, the machines fighting each other it's very interesting yeah if you're uh, a dweeb like me and you are <laughs> um is i was gonna ask you, is that on solana that project as well oh uh, no that's actually on um ethereum ethereum okay that's but it, ethereum. do you know do you know if many ethereum nft projects have plans to kind of um like launch on us on solana as well um there are protocols out there um i don't know if they're up and running yet but there are discussions that will allow you to bridge over your assets from one blockchain to another including um nfts right um, okay. that's not something i've done myself because i'm just sticking to the original yeah uh, blockchain but um, i think in the future we're going to see more of these platforms popping up so a bit like when you uh you can get like wrap what are called wrapped tokens on different blockchains like wrapped ethereum on 
Um, I don't know if you can get that on Solana. Yeah, can you? Yeah, so like it's kind of reflects your original Ethereum holding, I guess. Um, One thing I wanted to ask you about Solana in particular, and I think we've kind of talked about it before, is one of the reasons that it it is so fast compared to Ethereum is because um, it's more sent. Well, from what I read, it it's more centralized in terms of who's running the nodes. Uh, that run the entire network. They seem to be concentrated in um, in a smaller number of hands, basically. So, I mean, maybe it's a bit too much to go into that in depth in this podcast, but the idea is that something that is centralized like that can fail more easily because um, something that has more nodes, a network that has more nodes spread out, um, has, like, more fail-safes, I guess, if something goes wrong. Yeah. yeah. So... Yeah. Do you think that generally speaking, I think the barrier to entry for Ethereum, for example, you could you could buy a miner, set up uh, some piece of software on your computer, and be mining Ethereum mm. almost instantly. Whereas with, uh, with whereas with Solana, there are more steps involved, and it's um, I think you need a lot more Solana to actually become a validator on the network. Um, so it's not as easy, you know. The thing is with Ethereum, it's actually going to be transitioning away from proof of work super mm. state, and this is set to happen sometime, hopefully if all goes to plan, sometime in Q3, Q4 of this year. Um, a disclaimer is that it's actually been delayed many times yeah. before. It's been delayed since 2019, 2020. Um, it was actually meant to happen in June of this year, but one of the uh, developers, Tim Baker, actually said, that we are in the final stages of you know proof of work on ethereum and it's likely to happen in the months following june so it was delayed again but it's gonna happen soon yeah and he used the word months rather than years or decades <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah well it's definitely coming at some point and uh arguably the market hasn't priced it in because no one's got any real idea of when it's going exactly or it yeah. could not be coming and then could be coming um Okay, it's interesting so, because I was just going to say it's interesting yeah, sure. because the crypto markets always need some sort of catalyst that um, causes the markets to go up. You know, in 2017, with ICOs or initial coin offerings, which saw yeah. a lot of money coming into the ecosystem. And then in 2020, it was uh, DeFi, 2021, you know, NFTs took over. A lot of people are saying that 2022 is the year that Ethereum and the merge event causes the rally, which. Mm. Yeah, it's almost like to bring new investors into the space. There needs to be a new, uh, like you say, like a new catalyst. Yeah, like this narrative that catches and that makes sense to people as well, I guess. Like, because a lot of, like, when NFTs last year, you had all kinds of like mainstream publications posting about them and all the arguments about, you know, are they just JPEGs? What can they be used for? Blah, blah, blah. It, you know, no matter what you think of it, everybody's talking about it so it's you know it just yeah. makes everybody's awareness going on. same with if, if ethereum 2.0 comes out and radically changes that you know there'll be arguments about whether it's good and bad but if people are talking about it you know it's going to bring more awareness to the crypto space yeah. exactly and even a couple of hours ago actually starbucks announced that they're going to be launching their own nfts and as nice. part of the nfts there'll be special experiences involved so by holding the nft you might get it uh, you know, it's speculation at this point, but they have said they're going to be including special experiences. So you could be invited to a special event or yeah. uh, backstage access to a certain 
um, you know, concert or whatever. But there are many different use cases of NFTs, and digital art is just the one that catches a lot, most of the attention, it seems. You get um, an extra big smile when you buy a coffee if you hold an NFT. Yeah. <laughs> just flash your NFT for friendliness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So n next on our list of stuff to talk about is uh, Betchak Beck would like to know what are stable coins exactly and i'd like to expand that out into a bit of a discussion about why they're maybe quite important right now um when we when we look at the rising costs of um stuff eg inflation and sort of the low interest rates uh on traditional bank accounts so can i just throw that question to you cash what are what are stable coins yeah, so essentially a stable coin is a token that is backed one for one for the dollar. So tether, one tether is equivalent to one dollar. Um, they were introduced in a way to allow traders to make their trades on these crypto platforms without having to cash out <clears throat> into their backing account before they can decide on another opportunity to buy back in, for example. With tether, you could sell. Hold your coins in and tether. You know, cryptocurrencies are very volatile. You don't want to hold it in a cryptocurrency if you are trading. You want it to be stable. So you can sell into a tether, hold it until another opportunity presents itself, and then you can buy back in with with that stable coin. So, um, so one stable coin in this in this uh, case, tether, is always yeah. worth one dollar. Exactly. Um, exactly. But you can use that tether to buy, you know, more easily buy other cryptos. Um, exactly. I guess, like, maybe, uh, maybe Beck's question is like, also, how does it work? Like, why is one tether worth one dollar? And you know, for other, so there's other, some other stable coins would be UST, which is the stable coin of the Terra Network. Um, there's USDC. Yeah. yeah. What else is there? There's USDC from Circle, I think. Uh, uh, BUSD from Binance, hmm. uh, USN, um, which is which has recently been introduced by Near Protocol, and there's a bunch of others. I think Tron Network also released um, their stablecoin as well. The interesting thing about stablecoins is that um, you can actually stake them on certain platforms and actually yield uh, yield interest. So you instead of you know with crypto you can there are platforms out there where you can stake your crypto and earn interest on your crypto holdings but that crypto is volatile so the price of it can go up and go down but with stable coins you can earn interest on an asset which is essentially tied to the dollar mm. so you can earn interest on a stable coin and the interesting thing is, is that the interest rates offered within crypto are higher than any bank out there. Um, yeah. So there are protocols I, that you have mentioned, which shall are... I, shall I try and share my screen and we can... Yeah. Um, let's see if this works. And then entire screen. Let's have a look. So can you see that? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So what we're looking at is coindix.com and this lists current stablecoin uh interest rates. Yeah. So maybe you can you can tell people what we're seeing here, Cash. 
and I'll yeah, so there's the uh, interest rates that we can so uh, essentially of course the ones that are offering higher APY um, tend to be more more risky so in a sense by putting your USDC in that protocol you can potentially earn 42 percent interest per year mm. uh, with tether there's there's different coins out there um, and there's different platforms on, on, upon which you can earn the interest of course the ones that offer um, it's a bit blurry but I'm seeing like 20 percent 30 percent 40 percent yeah so like yeah limited as to how much um, stable coin you can actually put onto the platform but generally speaking these these platforms seem to be offering 18 percent and that one right there um, called Anchor with UST is one yeah. of the most popular ones. And I think uh, if you look on the right-hand side, you'll see that that platform's actually got the most amount of money. Yeah, that's uh, 14 yeah. billion, is that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's got 14 billion. Let me just see the highest. Yeah, so that's got the most deposited on that protocol, is the Anchor protocol. Yeah. And I guess that, that's, that's um, one of the reasons for that is it's, it's got a huge amount of reserves. I guess the, that network and protocol is relatively trusted. It's been going on for a long time. Um, and it's one stable coin, whereas sometimes you have to deposit a mix of stable coins, don't you, to sort of get a yeah, higher return. Exactly. Um, but yeah, let me let me just stop sharing that. And... Yeah, yes, and the I... interesting part with stable coins is that a lot of people are actually using these yields to combat the effects of inflation. Um, yeah. As we saw in America, inflation hit eight point five percent. I think it's the highest for a number of decades. But by essentially taking your money and instead of keeping it in a bank and putting it into a protocol like this, you can not only combat it, you can actually earn money on top of that. Um, it's interesting. Of course, there are risks involved. There's smart contract risks and protocol itself, as we have seen in the past. You know, it's important to remember that code. There is always a potential that code can be um, exploited mm. you can use your money that you have deposited into these sort of, sort of protocols um some some platforms have come out and said okay uh, we're going to cover you to a certain amount but that's not always necessarily the case and with crypto because the technology is immutable if you you get your funds stolen there's no person you can go to to try and retrieve the the token mm. that you've lost so that's sort mm. of the uh, the risk you're willing to accept if you are going to put your money into these yeah contracts. and i guess you can do a few things like you know pick protocols that have been around for a long time uh that have a lot of money locked in them um also like you can get decentralized crypto insurance on platforms like nexus mutual i'm not totally and that does cover hacks but i'm not totally sure how straightforward that is but uh, but it's yeah. definitely yeah i don't know how do you know much about that or not for Nexo specifically, but I think with uh, Coinbase, they announced, um, I think, £100,000 they will cover, or if, if I'm not mistaken, it's £150,000. Um, yeah. Binance announced something similar. I don't have the specific amount in, in mind, but a lot of these exchanges, which I've done very well over the past few years, have actually created yeah. this sort of insurance fund that they can use to pay out uh, customers should something go wrong. Yeah, no, Nexo is a good one as well. But what uh, I said, Nexus Mutual, which is I don't know if you've heard of that. It's like oh, no. it's like decentralized insurance. So you're kind of buying insurance uh, 
with from another investor or if you wanted to you could offer insurance um okay. you could you can like sort of um yeah offer that contract and say like okay if and anchor Pro protocol is hacked you know i'll i'll cover i don't know your losses or a percentage of your losses but you have to pay me so like you're in the, the insurance company i guess that's pretty interesting okay. yeah yeah and also I, someone told me that it's quite a good way to uh gauge kind of safety of different protocols you know if if, uh, if yeah. the market is saying you know like you know the insurance rate on this is low it's saying that the market thinks this is relatively safe so i thought that was like a cool kind of yeah i mean whether that's reliable i don't know but <laughs> but it was a nice way of looking at it i think that's pretty interesting yeah um one th i got a question like different types of stable coins because there's some that are backed by money reserves i guess um yeah. crypto and uh dollar reserves Th and then there's others that are just like algorithmic do you like yeah. what are your thoughts on on different stable coins and which ones do you sort of personally trust and that kind of thing i mean personally speaking i i am um, i trust the ones which are backed one for one by reserves you know there's this whole discussion about whether the tether is actually backed yeah. by one for one reserves <laughs> They seem to have changed their wording and their terms and conditions a couple of times. Several, several, yeah, yeah. I was going to say changed it several times. Yeah, yeah. So before it was one for one backed by reserves, and now they're saying that it could be backed by other sort of assets. Or mm. um, I, I haven't checked it for a while, but they do keep seem to be changing the wording every so often. And then there's algorithmic uh, stable coins, which many, many of these types have failed in the past um they seem to yeah. get exploited i think um mark cuban had invested in one called titan um right, okay. last year and as soon as people found out that he you know made a big investment in this some hackers or exploiters found a way to take advantage of the code and essentially run it all the way down to essentially zero mm. and mark cuban ended up at losing a couple million dollars and that stable coin essentially was not stable anymore yeah yeah um, the best ones i think on the market at the moment are the ones which seem to have the highest market cap which seem yeah. to be tether usdc busd and of course usd is also uh, making its way up but a lot of people are saying it's uh, not fully backed um, but i feel like these sort of rumors are always going to exist in the market it's not yeah. natural so many different participants there's always going to be people who make certain claims yeah so so generally sort of the ones that have reserves and are backed and are transparent about it seem to be the the safest yeah. bet at the moment and maybe in the future someone will figure out algorithmic stable coins that work over the long term and and prove yeah. to be hack proof one project that i did see that i thought was interesting was people's ability actually there's two there was one so it's basically the ability to mint um your own stable coins i think it's called mai is the that's the name of the stable coin and basically i could deposit whatever mm -hmm. collateral i want so i could deposit some ethereum some bitcoin yeah and it would give me the equivalent in mai and there's probably yeah. other other protocols that do this and then i can take that mai and and earn a yield on it or whatever yeah um there was another one that i saw where say any kind of uh defi app um could go and 
make a stable coin for itself. So, for example, you know the decentralized exchange One Inch. Mm-hmm. Um, they had deposited a bunch of One Inch tokens as collateral, yeah. and then it had minted like a One Inch stable coin. I've got no idea what anyone can do with a One Inch stable coin, yeah. but it, yeah, but it's the idea that maybe stable coins in the future will be more prolific and like. Um, those, I think both of those, maybe those were pegged to the dollar. May, May, MAI was definitely pegged to the dollar. I'm not sure yeah. about There are, the thing is, stable coins, Tether, you know, it's, it's one of the first uh, stable coins that become widely adopted. Yeah. It's accepted on every single exchange. And um, the, the question is whether another stable Going to take over if there are you know if there are people who worry about whether it is actually backed one for one by reserves mm. then there are now competitors which seem to be more transparent such as usdc um and a lot of people are believe you know are arguing that perhaps within the next few months or even years usdc will overtake Ted and become the number one which mm. has never happened before uh the interesting thing is that Ted is actually the most traded cryptocurrency in the world even more so than bitcoin wow if you, if you look at the uh, volumes that tether is getting almost every single day it, the volume is higher for tether than it is for bitcoin and any other cryptocurrency um so i think yeah that's that one of my predictions is for usdc to overtake tether sometime in the future mm. um another thing is that more of these projects seeing the success of usdc uh, sorry ust with from terra Terra Luna, um, I think a lot of a lot of projects using stablecoin as usual. Um, whether they'll be adopted as as much as all the other stablecoins have, I, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether a lot of these other projects start to essentially use the same blueprints as Terra to mm. launch their own stablecoin. And Terra's uh, UST is being backed by a load of Bitcoin. They've been like, is that right? They've been piling loads of yeah. Bitcoin into the reserves over the last like month, I guess. Yeah, they and their aim is to become the number one holder of Bitcoin. So yeah. I think they're you know, in the process of accumulating up to 3 billion at the moment, but they have long-term plans to go all the way up to 10 billion. And How much is... That, okay, the only way we will fail if... Is if Bitcoin fails, Bitcoin fails, yeah, big, big, big statement to make, but we'll see what happens. Is how much Bitcoin does Michael Saylor own? Because I think three point nine billion last. Right. Last okay. Year. So have they already got more than him? They're, they're not yet. Not yet. I think currently they have um, below, just below three billion, or just over. Uh, Michael Saylor is close to four billion dollars worth. Of it. Yeah. Well, it looks like we've got some catching up to do then. <laughs> um, okay, so we're closing in on about half an hour, which seems like a good good amount of discussion time. Uh, just an arbitrary reason to end the podcast there. But before I do, Cash, um, I don't know, do you have any wisdom to share for the next few weeks? Um, Crypto or otherwise? Think- I think it's important when you know when you see prices fluctuating as they are and in the mm. downtrend. It's important to zoom out and look at the charts in the past. You know, we've 
as I was mentioning in our Telegram chat before, you know, crypto works in cycles and we've been through these cycles many times before. And in the long run, it seems to be on an upward trajectory, despite mm -hmm. these, you know, shorter term downtrends that we are seeing and that, and that we are in now. Um, members who joined, you know, last year would remember that we had actually a bear market in yeah. April, May. Almost straight away, yeah. July onwards and went and hit new new highs. So mm -hmm. yes, um, crypto does have downturns, but trajectory seems to be upwards in the long term. Yeah, and I think what well, I think one of the things is with investing. Like personally, I think of it as not something you do once. You know what I mean? Like it's an ongoing thing that part of your income goes towards, and that's you know that's easy for yeah. people to say that have that spare income. Um, so I understand that, but exactly. you know, that's, you know, I, I have tried to sort of build up positions when the market is down, especially when people are, are, you know, when you read the forums and the sentiment is overly negative, I always use that as a sign to, okay, now I should be buying kind of thing. Obviously that, that does require having that income to do that or whatever, but, yeah, of course. um, but it is it is something like it's very easy to get enthusiastic about the markets when prices are high and you are essentially paying more um for the privilege of participating in, in them i guess and and that now is but you've got to have that like belief that it's uh or have done the research to believe the things you're investing in are going to go back up at some point um, yeah exactly and it's times like these why we like to take profits when we are up um yeah. so that you know we have we're able to take some money away from the market and perhaps wait for lower prices so that we can buy back in. Mm. So but equally, it doesn't make sense to sell, you know, investments that have fundamentally not changed in, in you know, your outlook for them kind of thing. Yeah. Um, because markets are down, like, broadly. But um, yeah, of course, and you know, it's not this this sort of price action is not exclusive to crypto, as we're seeing. Yeah, the stock market is down at the same time. Um, we're seeing stocks show huge downturns. I think Netflix last I checked was down 40 50 percent from its peak. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not used to seeing that sort of price action in the stock markets. That sort of uh, downturn is uh, mainly seen in crypto, you know, but now we're seeing that sort of thing in um, the stock market, which which just goes to show is, you know, in a way it's indicative of the global financial situation at the moment. Mm. Yeah. And, and I think in, with the newsletter, we've got some plans to change things up a bit, maybe, which will introduce an opportunity to get in on um, even more coins at a time where I personally think like, you know, like I was saying, like now is the time to stock up a bit more, but we yeah, can talk exactly. about that next time. Maybe if, uh, if we've, for sure sorted that out um i'm gonna let you go and lie on your lovely sofa in the background there <laughs> enjoy that multicolored cushion yeah and i'm gonna go head down the beach and have a quick swim before uh, tea time it's amazing. <laughs> um thank you for your time this evening cash thank you very much for having me it's been great as always good and uh thank you for everybody listening if anyone has any questions you can drop them in the comments on youtube or send us an email you know anything any questions about crypto or themes you'd like to talk us talk to us to talk about even uh we appreciate if you enjoyed this and you drop us a like and subscribe if you want any more content from us 
And if you're interested in joining the Crypto with Cash uh, newsletter, you can get details in the link somewhere around this podcast, uh, be below the YouTube video or a link uh, if, if you're listening on a podcast platform. Uh, okay, thank you again, Cash, and we will sign off. Thank you. Thanks. If I can find the button. <laughs> Thank you.